damn, I defy you to tell me right now you aren't jacked up. After that intro, you are ready for a brand new episode of Ian Hates Conversations Music Edition. And who else would my guest be? It is massive returning friend of the show, Mr. Johnny Frank. I'm not even going to tell you all the crazy stuff we get into. Maybe that intro is a little bit of a hint. The only thing that isn't special about this episode is that, once again, this is during my sick period. So you might be able to tell that not only in my voice, but maybe I have to cut some coughs out and whatnot. But other than that, you are really going to enjoy this conversation. We're going to start right now with the track Gradient off of the new Bill Murray album, Solid Chub. Enjoy. everyone we are back and i am here for the third time johnny frank thank you so much for joining me i'm not even doing the long intro because we've been talking for a while now and we just (laughs) said let's press the record button and let's just do this so johnny welcome back to the show hey man it's the the third time i'm glad to i'm glad to be doing it man i always enjoy this thank you so much man so now what topic from what we were just speaking about, should we bring to the show first? Uh, I have a terrible memory, but <laughs> oh, I was just saying, like how I respect, like the people that I choose to work with are people that you know you can tell actually care because they're willing to put the work in without necessarily getting much of like you know a huge following, you know, and and I think that that's that's a good sign of someone who will get a big following is 
that they do it just because they love to do it, not because they want like just a shit ton of fame or something like that. Right. And we were both just, you know, stroking each other's egos <laughs> and talking about <laughs> talking about how uh, how much we respected each other for doing that. And right. Honestly, though, I I really do think that's the difference between someone who's just a flash in the pan as opposed to someone who does it for the long run. You know, right. like how many podcasts are going to be doing it for ten years? You know, or like that's kind of my thought on specifically podcasts it's it's a marathon as much as it is like as much more than it is like a sprint right right because i think there's other art forms where it's like music videos i think are, are a sprint you mm -hmm. know it's like how let's get this done let's work really hard and let's get it out um and this you know one music video could blow up and get get huge and you know that's the end of it but i think podcasts it's like you just can't have a podcast that like like just there's there's so many, especially like with music, like you got to just outwork your competition. Yeah. And, you know, on that topic, I used to think that the music podcasting was actually small. You know, if we talk about, you know, quote unquote scene music, then you're like, OK, well, what other shows are there? And then I saw a whole ton sprout up and I was like, what happened here? When did everyone think they can just start doing podcasting? But. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But that's my ego coming out again. So Right. Well, and it's like good for good for them, dude. Right, I mean, right. like like I'm sure someone thought that when they saw you doing a pod, like who's this guy? You oh, know, yeah. like I still get that. Yeah. <laughs> I always try to fight that feeling of like everyone's doing the, you know, but it's like, well, why don't I just make friends with all those people and then life will be much more enjoyable. Right. <laughs> yeah, it has happened. Have you reached out? I mean, obviously we talk, but have there been any people that you're like, oh yeah, we have like a professional relationship type thing when it comes to podcasting? Um, no, not really. I mean, like the Home Before Dark guys, yeah. I hung out with them on Monday. Um, but yeah, I'm just you know like if any if people ask me to be on a podcast, I'm like, heck yeah, dude. <laughs> um, actually, the, since I started mine, there's been two or three of my friends that have started their own just because they're like, oh, like they've been on mine, realized how fun it was, right, and. Uh, they're just like, yeah, dude, I'm going to start my own. So I don't know. You're absolutely right. And by the way, I did want to mention when you said music videos being a sprint, that gradient video, <laughs> that has to be huge. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's doing well for like Bill Murray standards, which is good. Like, I think it's at like 2000 views <laughs> on YouTube, which dude, I'm not going to bitch about 2000 no. views. Like, that's that's great for me. So. And I, I was really excited about the concept and the idea. My biggest, my like biggest theory with music videos, especially with Bill Murray, is like, if you have a cool concept that's pretty easy to uh, to do, mm -hmm. that's what I like. Where it's right. like, it's just a creative idea that's not super difficult. It's not like, oh, let's make this huge like story driven thing where we need all these extras and we need all this shit. It's <laughs> like, let's get a nine dollar green screen and wrap it around <laughs> me and see what happens. Right. Um, so th those are those are my like favorite ideas for music videos. What was the reason for being in a barber shop? Uh, it's I have a key to it, nice. and uh, the bassist of uh, Bill Murray works at Thirty Thirty, so that's the name of the barber shop. But like he works there, and uh, so I yeah, that's where you have band practice at, and I can go there at like twelve at night and shoot something with loud ass music and not have to worry about like 
waking anyone up because it's like in this it's in this like like the main street of columbus so there's no like houses around it or anything it's oh, really nice very cool how did you decide and sorry this is going into interview mode now <laughs> how did you decide on everything that was playing on the actual green screen itself so i actually had my buddy uh set up i was i was like i want you to edit it he sent me an initial edit and i was like all right so me and him sat on skype and and edited the whole thing together wow but i really i wanted like i wanted people to have like those kind of nostalgic feelings so you know like dragon balls and but it also wanted it to match the aesthetic of the the song so you know dragon ball z's kind of matches that like color palette and scheme mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and Homer Simpson, just like things people see, images that they see and recognize. But then, you know, mix some other ones that just look really cool. Right. <laughs> Honestly, right. that was the main thing. I was like, oh, this is cool. Let's speed it up and make it look like really extreme and like just intense visual. It did. It definitely did. Yeah. And then anyone wearing headphones when you run across the screen at the end is going to get a nice <laughs> shot in the fucking ass. <laughs> oh man one of my favorite things is just like throwing in something insanely loud just yep. like, it's like the equivalent like the digital like equivalent of like smacking your hands right in front of someone's face when they're asleep oh yeah wake up <laughs> so yeah i i just i love doing shit like that no it's great and you know even skewing back you know music videos are going to get attention to the band but skewing that back to your social media accounts as well, you're so different than a lot of people on social media because you are, it seems anyways, throwing a lot of really random, colorful, like you're really going out there and saying whatever you want, but often in a very joking manner. I think that also gets people's attention as well. Yeah, well, I uh, my philosophy on social media is just... you. You got to add value to someone's like if they click like on your page, how is that going to make their life better? So in my in my mind, like, OK, well, what do I have to offer? I'm 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 pretty funny. I'm a pretty funny guy. Agreed. Um, <laughs> uh, and I uh, make music and make music videos so I can give people that. And uh, I like being honest and sharing the human experience and um i think that's really like valuable i love the feeling whenever i like listen to someone talk or see a a post online where it's like oh man i'm not the only person that feels that way fuck yeah that makes (laughs) you feel so much better like you know gives you that feeling like we're all in this together and that it's not just me like on this island of suffering by myself right so um so those are the I just kind of took a look at it and I was like, that, that's the, that's what I think that I can add to people's lives to make their life better. And I think a lot of the times where bands get it wrong is when they say, hey, all of our audience, do this for us, do that for us. You need to go like this page so we can get on this festival or something like. And I just think that that's not the, the nature of a band. Like what you need to do as a band is you are the servant of the people. You know, like sure. you are there to entertain them and to share your art with them. Um, and so that I think just through all my social media platforms, it's just the the underlying foundation is like, does this ad make their life better? Right. If this makes their life better, then 
then uh, I've done my job. <laughs> and I, I don't need to ask them to, to like, listen to this, you know, like, did you stream Bill Murray today or something like that? It's right. just like, you know, it's just like anyone, like if you had a friendship with someone you really cared about, like they're probably not going to have to ask, you know, for you to listen to them on a tough day because you just want to do it because you like them. Right. And I think that that exact same dynamic plays over through, um, through the bands and stuff. Right. It's a relationship. No, very true. And a good way to look at things. Have you seen a growth? Because I've known you for a while now. I mean, it's gone on three episodes. The last time you were on was about a year ago or so. So we've known each other for probably a year and a half, somewhere around there. Have you That's seen crazy. That? I know, right? And I was <laughs> thinking about it. I was like, wow, in a year and a half, you put out like five albums. Yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere around there because we count the march ahead. Then oh, you yeah. definitely do that. But I've definitely seen you grow on social media as well. So have you seen that growth because of the style that you're using? Absolutely. Yeah, I think like, you know, I'd say like three or four years ago. No, no, no. Maybe two years ago, a post on my page might get 25 to 50 likes. 50 would be like, damn. Right. Um, and But I didn't really pay much attention to it. And then now like on average, I'm getting around two to 300 likes. Um, nice. But that's also on the Johnny Frank account and the Bill Murray. So like, yeah, I, I've seen it grow. It's it's not like insane growth either. It's it's pretty like slow and steady. You know, it's I'm not doing like I've not had anything go like insanely viral. Sure. sure. And I really don't I, I don't necessarily want that because I want my audience to like me for who I am and not like, Oh, that one meme you posted post more memes. You, you know, like <laughs> I don't want my, I think like a lot of, a lot of people like creative people paint themselves into a corner. Even bands do this too. They paint themselves into a corner when they're like, Oh, we're let's just do this. Cause it's popular. They get big cause that's popular. And then when they try to be themselves, people are like, hold on motherfucker. That's not part <laughs> of the deal. Like, part of make the, you make this right. But if you can get people who just like you for you, you know, you you just are yourself online. Mm -hmm. They like you for you. Then you don't feel like you have to be fake or anything like that. And they can also watch you grow as a human being. And I think there's something really satisfying with that. Yeah. No, that is true. And I think, I mean, this debate happens, I think, a bunch, actually, because whether you're positive or you're negative, I, I see this with social media. I see this with the show sometimes because when I look at the differences between positive and negative, what I'm thinking about is just being honest and truthful, whether you're joking around or whether you're just being yourself. And I think when you're like that, especially on a podcast, I don't want to lie about the things that I'm talking about. I want to be open and honest about it. And sometimes that's considered negative, but I think that's just truth. Right. I don't know. That's the way I look at it. But I think I see some of your posts too, where it's like, you know, one will be a joke, but then one is like, oh, I'm feeling really shitty today you know how are you guys feeling about like do you ever feel this yeah and people will actually comment and it'll be honest like an honest conversation almost right yeah I, and that's just like part of my personalities like, i've got high highs and low lows you know like i could be on top of the world and and then you know the next day just wake up and be like what's the point of it all you right. know like and uh so you know as long as i like people when they 
get into what I'm doing, know that that's who I am and they like that, then that's going to have a lot more longevity than if I'm like start some inspirational Facebook account where I post like pictures of sunsets and say like, you can do it. I want to fucking, if I'm in a pissed off fucking mood, I'm not going to want to post that shit. Right. You know, like, and that's going to be like being fake to myself and, you know, lying to get the acceptance of others, which I just, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily bad to do, but I, I start feeling really bad about myself when I do it. So yeah, no, makes complete sense to me. And by the way, we didn't even mention the thing that we mentioned off air. You and I are both wearing the awesome Bill Murray hoodie. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I wear this thing every day, dude. Well, it was in the Honestly, music video, too. Yeah, I know. Well, it wasn't in the music video because I put any thought into it. It was just like, oh. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I'm just going to wear this. And that's fine. No, it worked so, out really well. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I like hoodies a lot. It's Me like too. my armor, dude. Right. I like I feel safe when I wear a hoodie. <laughs> it's like those blankets that you wrap around dogs with anxiety. Like yep. that's what a hoodie is. <laughs> yeah. It's your anxiety blanket. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. Very true. Actually, yep. that's the next hoodie idea. It just says yeah. Bill Murray <laughs> and I can't talk. <laughs> oh, the sickness got me. Anxiety blanket. There we go. Wow. Nailed it. Nailed it. What was that? The fourth time? <laughs> All right. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Yes, you got it, though. But what I have enjoyed is like you've been talking about it for a while about doing merch and then you just jumped right into it and you jump basically head first because there's a lot of really awesome stuff that you've been working on. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to do with merch, which I think I don't know, I think it's a cool idea is that um, I I didn't I hate when bands have merch open perpetually because they're constantly like that's really the only time I'm going to ask my audience to do anything is when I have like a merch sale. Right. Which the goal is to do it like maybe two or three times a year. Um, So like I don't like when bands are constantly like plugging their merch all the time and that's all they do. They don't add any value. They're just like shirts are 20 percent off. I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) my eyes are just glaze over that. Like it doesn't challenge. I don't know. Like I I don't care. Right. So what I what I wanted to do is like have more excitement there. It's like, all right, you get a week to get these designs and then I'm never printing these designs again. Like they're gone forever. And then six months later, I'm going to do a couple more designs um and you know you'll have a week to get that so there'll be just all different like there'll just be this whole like marketplace of bill murray merch that is really unique to that week and you know like i i, I really like the the way that supreme does it honestly they just they're like they release you know completely fresh designs for like a day and then they oh yeah, don't yeah. put anything out and then they release like new designs the week later so i just wanted to take like that and dial it back and do like you know i'm gonna ask you to well i mean people ask me for merch so i'm like all right I'll, i'm gonna do this but i'm not gonna endlessly plug my merch the whole year long right right like so yeah i'll, I'll plug it hard this week and then it, honestly it's good for myself because i hate plugging merch <laughs> <laughs> um well i hate doing it for long periods of time like i just I don't know. I'm not that type of person. I don't like asking people to do stuff very much. So, right. um, but I, I mean, the sweet thing is, is like, I, I really love the merch designs that I have. Yeah. Like, I think they're like, I wear them, you know, cause I think they're cool. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, 
that's kind of the my take on merch um is for, i just i want it to be like limited and you know like each merch design is like special and not just like out to buy 365 days out of the year so no and that makes sense and that's kind of why i brought it up because i kind of figured you would not bring it up <laughs> but i wanted to get it out there that that is something that you do because i did think you know with how innovative i think you're being on social media I think the way that you're selling merch is also pretty innovative. But I'm assuming also when you do those special designs that you also keep some. So when you do a live show, maybe you have something to sell there. Yeah. So um, I don't really do live shows that much. And then by the time I get there, I usually get too lazy to set up any merch. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Like uh, we're playing a show in Bloomington. Uh, in a couple weeks and we we're bringing a guy a merch guy so. ah okay <laughs> so right. i don't know like because I, I don't really care i mean like playing shows is so much of a side thing for bill murray it's just like a random fun thing to do with friends right so i'm like i go in not expecting to make any money or like i just want to play music honestly yeah. so and in front of like people that you don't normally get to reach out to i'm assuming that's also why you like the idea of house shows as well yeah, well, I, I just like the idea of like, I don't like stages that much. Okay. Um, because uh, afraid of heights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just think it like puts this weird separation between you and the audience. Like, the couple of times I've played like Bill Murray shows at a venue, mm-hmm. I'm like singing and there's these lights like blaring in my face and I can't. It's just like everyone's like a dark silhouette and it's not like a community. Right. Like I want to, I want people to be like right in my face and like, and then after the show, like I crack open a beer and we just kick it on the front porch. Like that's my idea. That's what I think like the point of music is, is like to bring people together, like for me to do the work so that you guys have a good time, like to really enjoy yourselves. And then afterwards, like we hang out as a community and I build relationships with people. Like that's, I'm not trying to like extract some level of self-worth. I just want to have a good time with people and just like kick it. (laughs) Enjoy being young, man. (laughs) And once again, that is pretty different. Like I think there are more tours going around that are more house related. Like I think some relatively major bands. So that does sound like a lot of fun though. Dude. Yeah. And imagine like, you, there's no green room so you just get to hang out with like the band that you like and it just is much more of like a human interaction experience like that i think is important for people to have and for me to have honestly like yeah. i need to get the fuck out of that <laughs> studio sometimes and, like you know and do things like honestly i'm not super comfortable playing shows so it's really nice for me to challenge like my comfort zone right. in that way where it's like I'm going to do this thing I'm uncomfortable with and realize it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. And I think that's really important for me too. Gotcha. So, yeah, you um, have to push yourself a little bit. Yeah. Cause if I don't, I'll just my anxiety will make my world real small and I don't like that. It's right. not good. Right. So yeah, I, I, uh, I think it's cool that bands are doing that. I didn't know that, um, that that was going on more, but honestly, like even from a money standpoint, mm-hmm. you think about like, you have no venue taking money, Right. You're, you're taking like $7 at the door. So if if they're taking, you know, okay, like do the math. If they're taking $7 at the door mm-hmm. 
uh, and you're making $3, then why don't you make the show, the house show $3 at the door? You get that money anyways. And then they have an extra seven to $10 to buy your merch. Right. Yeah. No, it's very true. Yeah. And I mean, it's not the biggest bands. I mean, you know, asking Alexandria isn't going and doing a house tour. You know, that's not happening. But I think what will kind of start to begin to happen, I think, is with Warp Tour finishing this summer. I think you're going to have a lot of people looking for innovative ways to capture that market during that time where like the weather isn't completely shitty. Yeah, no, I agree. That would be kind of an interesting time for bands to try something like that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think uh, like it, I hope it catches on, man, because I would love to just do house show tours with bands. Mm-hmm. Like I think that would be the funnest thing. And especially as there's like more established house venues and stuff like yeah, honestly, that's one of my big goals when I, I'm looking to buy a house and, mm-hmm. you know, like next year or something like that. And I want to get like a house with a detached garage so I can just make it like sweet and have like nice. shows there. Like just have like, oh, you guys want to come through, play a show. Right. You know, sweet. All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do like, it. <laughs> yeah. So. No, very cool. And kind of what you were talking about with really working hard and, you know, doing a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff. What's funny is you bring up the studio as it's kind of a a side thing, but you're not (laughs) only doing all the bands that you do, plus you're working in the studio for other bands and other people like Jared Alonji and you're working with Crazy 88. There are plenty of others. I mean, where does your time go? Dude, here's the crazy thing is I I actually have like a good amount of time. Um, Like That surprises me. It really does. Yeah, I have a substantial amount of free time. Uh, (laughs) Probably too much, honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's just you get like I'll get that work in and I've become really efficient at getting it done. And mm-hmm. like the second the work comes in, I get it done. And like I think uh, I've been doing studio full time for eight eight years now. And so my efficiency is probably quadrupled since then. Wow. Uh, it used to take me two days to record a song. Now it takes me about a little under a day nice. if the band has their stuff together. It takes like five hours. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, you just get faster at stuff so you get more free time. So, you know, when I go into the day, I'll do the client work that I need to do. And then, like, if I finish that by, like, three, I have, you know, the rest of the night to make music and then i come home and i have another studio at my house so i just i'll come home and i never really i'm always like kind of working and kind of on youtube (laughs) 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 yeah or like at a bar right so right right but uh yeah like i think the, the line between what is work and what isn't work is so unbelievably blurred that yeah it's actually have need to try and figure that out because <laughs> i'm like i probably do around like nine or ten hours of work a day but it's spread throughout the entire time that i'm awake sure so it's like i'll do like a little a little bit of work and then you know watch 10 minutes of youtube and you know so i don't know it'd be nice <laughs> to like kind of chunk those up but I, I don't think that's really how the creative process works honestly like a lot of the times when I'm looking through YouTube, I'm trying to find like inspiration for things. Ah, sure. Like ideas, like, oh, I like this concept or I like 
you know, the, what he did on this music video. I wonder if I could do something a little different, but yeah, that's mainly it. I guess I am different when it comes to editing. See, I hate editing. <laughs> that's the thing I hate the most of, of everything I possibly can do. But because I have the other job, you know, my official career, what I do is I have to do all the editing when I get home straight through. So it's no right. like break unless I'm on the weekends working on a conversations edition. Then I can go back and forth and like, oh, I'll watch some YouTube. I'll, you know, I'll watch this show. I'll go exercise. I'll come back. That kind of thing. But it seems like you even like what I hate, which is the editing part, the producing part. That's the part that I just, ah. Dude, no, I, there's definitely parts of the process that I don't enjoy. Like uh, vocal editing is not fun. Okay. But, um, yeah, like I try to make it as interesting as I can. So like I'll I'll like throw on a podcast while I'm editing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it, 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 like I'm learning something uh, while I'm editing or, you know, doing something that's just it's like it's mindless, mm -hmm. but you need to do it. Right. So like, uh, yeah, I'll do that a lot. But there's I always say like the last 20 uh, the last 20 percent of the work is 80 percent of the work. So I'm like, all right, the songs, this album's just about done, which means I'm going to have to do a bunch of shit that I've been putting off right. uh, the whole time. So <laughs> now it's time to just like lower my head and go into just self-discipline mode and uh, just get it done. Sure. And watch a lot of YouTube in the meantime. At the same time, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that does give you a significant amount of time because as I mentioned before, you tend to put out, I mean, I think we talked about this the first time, the second time you were on the show as well, and briefly mentioned it earlier. You put out an album every three to four months, it seems. I try. Yeah, that's irregular for normal bands. But that's a regular thing for you, which is, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, it def that definitely takes a lot of, like, mental uh, work, like, to do, for right. sure. It takes a lot of, like constantly thinking about things and but that's just my personality like i just can't think about anything else really if something's like captivating right which to me like music is what i found to be like really captivating um but honestly i think like any band can do that if they if they know how to self-produce right um like that's that's like the big change i think like that's the big difference between what I'm doing and what other bands are doing. I think if a band can self-produce, they would put out just as much, if not more music. Look yeah. at um, Our Last Night self-produces, and oh, they yeah. put out a, right. a crap ton of music. They're, I mean, they're up like on the same schedule as me. Whoa. I I don't know. Look, I follow them a lot. With Our Last, <clears throat> with Our Last Night, wow. I don't know if people can hear that in my voice. I definitely hear it. But with Our Last Night, they put out maybe a cover every three to four months but they're not putting out eps and albums yeah that's true i mean but they so like even from like a yeah they're not putting out like a ton of shit i mean they just released like six videos six music videos in the past like couple weeks um they had two covers so i mean you know all that to say like the level if you can self-produce right your output level is is really like honestly just up to you and so like you know any bands who listen to this like 
learn to self-produce, like mm-hmm. take that hit up front to learn how to do it. I mean, look at like Beartooth, like yeah. Caleb learned how to self-produce and that's what really like took, took off mm-hmm. at the beginning. It's like, because he was able to take his art and, and wrap it in a package that's consumable right? Um, to people. So, I mean, that's what, that's like why I think it gives you unlimited power to do whatever you want. Like, yeah. True. And you started, like you said, very early as well. You've been doing it for what, like eight years? Yeah, I started in 2010, like late 2010. And then uh, like when I was still in attack. And then uh, right when I left mm-hmm. is when I like bought a computer. Actually, I bought a computer before then. And then I just started messing around just to get like song ideas down. Because yeah. I think initially, like a lot of it was the frustration of trying to explain to my bandmates look, I got this sick idea. It's in my head. It's like, and like, and they'd be like, nah, dude. I'm like, fuck you. This idea is awesome. Like you just don't understand. Like you did like, trust me. You just got to trust me. And they'd be like, nah. And I'm like, well, okay. If I can't tell you with my mouth, I'm going to show you, you know, cause a lot of my ideas would be like synth stuff or like right. conceptual stuff. Like, Oh, we should mix this style with this style. And like, you know, um, so like it's it's mainly that uh and and yeah 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 that kind of segs very well into solid chub because <laughs> you use a ton of different you know samplings and you know mods and a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm sure it would have been hard to tell people this is what I'm looking to do but since you're able to do it yourself I think it works very well and we will definitely talk about why the title is Solid Chub as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, that's definitely true. I, I like to exist uh, in the line between genres. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I like trying to mix things that uh, are hard to mix. Like, it's not it's not easy to mix like that kind of like aggressive rock rock pop punk style with like trap shit right you know or like or like uh even just electronic stuff um and so it's you know but that's what i love it's like i i love the challenge of okay how do we make these two things work together how do we how do we uh have these two genres fit together that have been like kind of historically hard to really get them to work together right and uh that's that's just that's what I like to do. I mean, that's what we did with attack attack. And that's what I enjoyed to do. It's like, let's just, I want to add, like, I like hardcore. I like pop punk. I like, um, electronic music. I like, you know, rap shit. Um, can I mix all the things I like into one package? Mm -hmm. Um, and if so, like, let's figure out a way to do it. Right. You know, I've been listening to this for a little while now, since you were able to send it to me, I would say with solid chub, this is, the closest you've ever come to that Mm. for sure. So yeah, I, I, I was like, I guess I I've been sitting on the album for so long and listening to it that like all sense of like a fresh perception (laughs) of it. It just, I I don't have it. I listened to the songs probably like a thousand times. Right. right, So I, I don't know what it's like to listen to it for the first time and get that initial impression. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I try to just, I don't know. I try to just make songs I like with the aspects I like. And I like, I find, I've been finding like more recently that, um, 
like just guitar based drums vocal has been getting a little stale as okay. far as like just the sounds of it and so i think when you mix in those other electronic elements it just adds another layer to things and also vice versa like when you add like the guitar elements in, into the electronic stuff i think that's where things get really cool like yeah. where, where it adds that like layer of like organic human you know like to the digital robot <laughs> sure yes and that definitely happens in this album as well i mean i think it's you know we had talked off air you know through text about island and how you're feeling about that and when i continually listen to that i don't know if it happened with you and you did this on purpose but it's almost like that track leads you on in a certain direction and when you hear because i can't stop the pain i expect guitars to come in right then <laughs> and you snatch it away <laughs> you just like oh i'm leaving here and then bam misdirection and it's going yeah. back to the beat was that done on purpose or was that how everything just flowed for you that song took a little a lot of tampering um it was like i knew i had a good song but it was like i wrote too much to it okay so it was like i had like 30 parts to the song that i had to <laughs> like figure out where they went and how they all fit in and how the song built and i just felt like the song built a lot better like the song was too slutty when the drums came in <laughs> on that first chorus where it's like i'm playing all my cards at once right now right where it's like I, I gotta i gotta i gotta hold some elements back to keep the listener engaged before like they just get bored or whatever <laughs> um especially because like the song is the same chord progression the whole time through so it's you you, you gotta that's the challenge in that case mm -hmm. You're not going to get that change through chord progression. You're going to get that change through arrangement and how what instruments you decide to add when. I also wanted to challenge like people. You know, I like. I think there's a certain benefit to challenging people's expectations on something, and that's exactly what happened with you. Where it's like, all right, here comes the chord. Oh wait, no, oh, it's, not, it's not. there. It's like I'm challenging you. Like, I I know that that's what you're thinking, and I'm like, no, that's not what we're doing. Right. No, <laughs> so, I like that. I'm a big yeah. fan of that because you're absolutely right. A lot of bands, they telegraph exactly what's coming up and that's what you're expecting. But the same thing happens later on in that track where you're like, okay, the beat's going to come back and then bam, guitar solo. And you're right. like, fuck yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it's like, and that's, I think like there, you know, there's nothing wrong with going into write what you build up into. Like, you oh, know, sure. a good, a good buildup is, is awesome. Yeah. I think it's like, <laughs> 50% of a good breakdown is a good buildup. Agreed. But, um, you know, I also think that, like, it's important to have your listener not think that they have you figured out. Right. And, like, to basically be like, yeah, to anticipate what they're thinking and, and just throw a little bit into, into it that challenges them and challenges their expectations on a song. Right. That's why like a lot of the songs I have, like the reverb tales will cut off before they finish all the way because uh, I'm like, I want it to bother you. Like yeah. I want you to be like, Oh, that's not what I expected is going to happen. Like, yeah, wow. that's pretty funny. And that's once again, pretty interesting. So this talk that we're having right now won't come out when solid chub comes out just because there's just not enough time to get it out there. What are your thoughts on how people are going to react when they hear it that first Friday? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, honestly, like, my main thing was, like, I was pretty afraid when I put Banana out because mm -hmm. I was, like, 
fuck, this is like doesn't sound. I mean, this is adding a lot of new stuff True. Uh, to it. Like, there's never been this level of like electronics involved. Like, I don't know. Like, I just didn't know how people would react, but everyone was like, I mean, the reaction was like overwhelming. Yeah. So with Solid Chubb, I definitely feel more confident because I know that I'm in the same. I mean, it it truly is like um, a best friend of Banana. You know, right, like right. I, I wanted to like people really enjoy this style. Fuck, I enjoyed this style. And I was like, well, I want to like do more of this within this kind of realm of mm-hmm. things. Um, and that's usually the way it works is I'll get a bunch of like fresh musical ideas and then I'll like I'll get, you know, I felt like banana. Like I've, I've learned like, you know, here's like five different new rhythms for the drums that I love that I can use. Here's right. like five new guitar chords that i can use here's a bunch of sounds and chord structures and timings that i can use and here's a bunch of synths and stuff so i discovered all those things on banana and then solid chub i was like all right now i'm gonna like really like flesh out those ideas and explore them to i think like uh what they should be and you know just make sure that i'm getting everything out of these ideas and stuff so that's usually how I feel like whenever I discover a new idea, I'm like, all right, now it's time to like establish this idea as like a form. Right. So, yeah. So you evolved a little bit, the concept that was there for banana into solid chub. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, I really like the songs in banana. And I was like, I want to write some more songs like this style because I'm loving this style right now. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's very much so what solid chub is to me. Um, and I think, you know, very much so how, uh, the self-titled like letters is to the self-title where it's like, I discovered all these new chords with the self-titled and then it directly transitioned into letters and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 We had talked when banana came out, you weren't on the show at that time, but I did want to tell you, I love that. That's one of the best albums of 2017. Damn, dude. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Like that. And we both of us, Dave and I, uh, for Ian Hates Music, had Frame and Banana on our top list of 2017. No shit. Oh, yeah. You're just, <laughs> I think I even said this in text. I am in awe of what you do. This is my fanboy coming out a little bit here. And it's okay, man. <laughs> I have to. It was so damn good. And that's why I'm excited for people to hear Solid Chub because it continues on. And like I said, I thought you had taken, I should have said evolve the sound from Banana more than just taking risks for it. You're exploring more of yourself in this album as well. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like, I, I, I think, yeah, Banana is a risk and this is a, like, you know, this is like, okay, I'm not afraid of what people like that people are going to reject this as much as I was last time. So right. now I can take a couple more like, risks on things and i don't know and it's also nice like going back to the self-producing thing Mm -hmm. uh because yeah it's like i can just release whatever i want and (laughs) it's like it's just i don't know it's cool no it's got to be and then i did want to mention this as well is alone your first real softer song um i'd say there from letter Ah, or the self-titled sure okay good soft one um i'd say alone is like a spiritual sequel to uh near but with a little a little more chill honestly 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely like, I don't think there's any soft songs on banana. <laughs> uh, no, I it's wouldn't just, say so. It's <laughs> all like just pure rage. Right. Um, and this one's mostly pure rage, but I, I wanted to add like just a bit of pace change. Cause I'd written like, I'd written, you know, with banana and solid chub, I'd written like 15 bangers. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I got it. There needs to be like a tone change sure. to give the listener like a little a break before, you know, at the end of the album. So. Right. But do you write, you know, in chunks of 15 songs and then go, we're cutting this into two and, you know, these tracks go with this one? Or do you write full throughout, finish what you started and then continue on the next one? I mainly write like I write for the release. So like oh. I'm writing this chunk of songs like for banana but usually i'll probably write like 12 to 13 songs and then it'll there'll just there'll be like just little ideas and then i'll whittle it down to like eight okay of the best ones like i don't really like there being any filler on an album right or just like i always notice like once i start getting around like eight songs i start thinking like oh i just gotta throw a couple in there to get to 10 and i'm like why <laughs> right the point like why not just leave it at eight good ones, like really good songs that I like, as opposed to like eight songs I like and two that I'm like, eh, whatever. Right, right, right. Well, let me ask you about Waves then, because Waves was a little surprising. That's like a minute and a half. What was your thought process for that one? Uh, I made that beat and I was just like, I really like this beat. Um, and I also think like that is a, uh, it's kind of like, I, th I have like one of those types of songs in every album because I, I use it as like a, an intermission. Yeah. It's like, all right, here's like four bangers, four like fast songs, drums and all that. And I'm going to slow it down a little bit to just give your ear a break so we can go back okay. into the next. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't want it to get too monotonous. Right. But I made that song and was like, I really like this, but I don't know how I can put like guitars to it. Um, so I just was. I don't know. I just, I liked the way it sounded and that vibe. And um, so I was like, well, I think the song's telling me that it needs to be an interlude much more than it needs to be like a full, right. full jam. I would assume that Bill Murray fans know to listen to an album, you know, front to back. But do you worry that when, you know, there are so many people that are very single driven that they might, you know, miss that opportunity to see that or to follow the flow of the album? Um, no, because I think like it's just whatever people want out of it. Like, it's my job to make the art and people to consume it how they want. Sure. So, I mean, like, I definitely put a lot of thought into how the album flows, but I, I don't have any like expectation. You know, it's like if there's a big fan of the band, I think they'll probably do that anyways. I don't, like, and maybe it's good for them to know that I had them in mind when I was coming up with the, the like, how the songs would go, mm -hmm. but. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's cool with whatever people want to do. Man. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just make it and let people do with it what they want as far as, like, how they want to listen to it. Right. I've had a couple of people complain, like, you're putting out too many albums. I'm like, dude, that's okay. Like, you don't need to yeah, feel like you need to listen to all of them. <laughs> like, maybe you skip out on an album and come back a couple, like, a year later or something. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. It's okay. You can digest music however you want. Why would Why would you want to limit other people? from getting the music right and it's like i do that with like podcasts a lot of the times like i'll pop like even my favorite podcasts like i'll pop in and out like yeah i'll listen to it 
you know, every episode for like a couple weeks and then, you know, go a couple months without listening. Like, Oh, I wonder what they're doing. Right. Jump back in. And it's like, I, I fully expect that that's how people will view Bill Murray. It's like, Oh, Bill Murray put out another album. And then they're like, Oh shit. I didn't even realize they put out a couple more before that. Like that I missed. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ian hates music is on 170 episodes or so. So, That's crazy, yeah, dude. I don't expect people to have heard every single episode. All right. Like, you yeah. just put them out, and you, you go by who listens, and hopefully they like it. And if some new listener comes along, they can look up every episode if they want to. Exactly. That's yeah, how you do it. Exactly. And, and I, it's like there's so much shit out there for people to listen to and to oh, yeah. watch and stuff. And it's like I'm not going to expect someone to just stay locked into my <laughs> shit <laughs> I don't do that with anyone, really. Right. I mean, there's maybe like two people that I'm like, everything they put out, I watch or something. Oh, but. sure. Makes total sense. All right. Well, we have to talk about the title. <laughs> we have to. I mean, it's that's what everyone's talking happen. about. It ha- yeah, it, just, it does. And what I did, just to make sure, I looked up, and it was very interesting, the Google search that came up. But I had to <laughs> check to see if it was a movie reference or something that I was missing. But it's not no. not for not for what I know. So please enlighten all of us with this. I haven't even Google searched it. <laughs> it's probably better as long as you're not at work. That's also a good thing. Oh yeah, I, I'm afraid to press uh, interlude uh, or the images. Sorry, images. But interlude would have been weird too. Hey. <laughs> um, I just thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. I thought like it's clearly a, a dick reference. But I, I put like a fat version of myself so that like, you know, people wouldn't get super like, you know, my mom wouldn't be like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> um, so but also like I think like I realize that there's some like aspects to it that are a little deeper, like, you know, like it's a very it's, in my mind, like it's a very like self-deprecating view of myself, like the 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 uh, album artwork, yeah. you know, and it's like. Um, like sometimes like I wake up and that's how I feel about myself. Ah, sure. And, uh, you know, like I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that, that was kind of like a, that's like, I think like it's funny and a a bit like self, you know, I wouldn't even say self deprecating because I don't, I don't really like that, but it's more like just, you know, when you're feeling down sometimes that's how you've that's like the view that you have of yourself. Like, you know, you're like, I'm this dude with sketches shape ups and like a (laughs) fucking, a VR like helmet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. But honestly, like I just, I think a lot of it's like, art is very like a pendulum, especially with trends and stuff like that. And for the longest time, every band was putting shit out that was like, you know, uh, super serious and you know super like i don't know so i just it's just like i that's not who i am i'm like i joke around a lot and so i want my art to reflect that right and i would say for pretty much all of your albums there's been some type of unique image yeah no matter what and yeah did you go away from the person because i remember i can't remember her name but there was someone who had done what the first four albums until banana grace okay there you go 
Did she yes. also do banana and solid chub? Yeah, she's done all. Oh of them. wow, okay. Yeah. It seemed like such a different style. Yeah, it, I, that was like me and her kind of got into like a disagreement with it. She's like, "Well, I don't think that you should add color to it," and I was like, uh, "You got to trust me here. Like, it, this is <laughs> it's with banana. It was like this is like there's still like it's still got the black and white, but there's a little bit of color in there." Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I just, I want people to know that this is a, this is an evolution. Like it's changing a little bit, and like you can see the difference in the artwork before you even look at listen to the music. Right. And so, and and then like honestly, like she's able to just take my ideas and make amazing shit with it. Like she designs all the merch. Yeah. She designs uh, all the album artwork. So yeah, like I I, I think. Pretty much for the entirety of the band, she will do all the design work. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, she's the best, dude. Like she's she's so unbelievably talented and understands me and like yeah. So as long as uh, she's continually down to do it, I'm continually down to keep making it. Right now, when you say you give her ideas, does she also hear the album before doing the album art? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. It's like. Um, it's really different each time. Like this, this one, she, she made that like illustration, by the way, do you have the album art? Yeah. 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 Okay. You made that illustration, like with the dude sitting on the chair. And then like, we had to sit there and figure out, like we made probably like 40 to 50 iterations of it. Wow. Like trying, it just, it was a lot of like compositional things where it was like, I just, the, the words aren't in the right place. Like the decision to make all the, uh letters like lowercase and just all those things took a long time to really like put together but then like banana i was like just make something like this and she just <laughs> sent me it and i was like oh that looks sweet yep Faces and then on like bananas all right like uh frame took a little bit longer to make um the jaguar shark i just sent her that photo and was like make something like this right and she did it and i was like this is so sick dude <laughs> and that's what's on the back of our hoodies right now yeah, dude, that photo, too good. Oh yeah, no, it's it's nasty. That is that is for sure. As I <laughs> cough up more crap into my throat. <sighs> well, let me ask you this because obviously I'm a fan of this new album. Is there anything that I miss? Is there any message or anything that you were looking to get across with it? What message do you think? Like, did you pick up from it? I always hear with your music. I always do hear a lot of rage. I also do hear. I want to say almost a loneliness. I don't know. It's very hard to put into words, and maybe you can't even put into words either. I don't know. I'm not going to try and step on your toes on that one. I normally <laughs> do like to hear from the artist when it's you know something like that, but that's, I don't know. I want to say a disappearance or a, a worry that you would disappear kind of thing, mm-hmm. but that's just my, maybe that's what I read from the lyrics. Yeah, I think, I think like a lot of it has to do with uh, like – a battle of anxiety and stuff like that and like i think it's spending a lot of time alone and like trying to like remake a new group of friends and stuff and just that shit takes time and right. you know in the meantime i have just a substantial amount of alone time so right um yeah so i think it's it's that like trying to figure out i think a lot of the times like I don't know what direction I'm going in life. Mm-hmm. So I, I also think that a lot of the times 
the direction you go defines um, the people that you choose to surround yourself with. And so like, if I don't have a direction, it's really hard for me to find people to surround myself with. And um, so that's, that's really it. I mean, like it's that feeling that loneliness and lack of direction and, uh, and within life, like trying to find meaning out of it. And um, so, yeah, I think that's the main thing. And then the struggle with like, we were talking about the shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when you let anxiety get the best of you, your uh, world gets really small. Right. So I think like in waves, you know, or say like, I think I've memorized every corner of my room. <laughs> it's like, sometimes I get so freaked out and shit that I just don't leave my room. And uh, like, like it's just, you know, like if you don't challenge your anxieties, you, you let it control you and, and your world gets small and you got to challenge them. So very true. Well, I think people will definitely get something out of that message. I was happy because at least I got part of it right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's pretty similar to Banana because I, I mean, the songs came out. A lot of the lyrics that I was writing during the time of Banana and afterwards were lyrics that I used for this stuff. And honestly, I feel pretty much the same way that I did <laughs> when Banana came out. So. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like I have a little bit more understanding, but like, you know, there's there's growth between the two, but it's still like, you know, struggling, trying to find friends and shit like that. Right. Yeah. Does that have anything to do with being located in Ohio? I don't know. What do you like? What are you? What's your theory? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was just thinking, like, maybe if you were in a larger city, it would be easier to do that kind of thing. Not saying that everyone around you is ever going to be exactly like you, because I think for me growing up an air force brat, it's hard for me to find friends no matter what. Like right. I'm just used to being by myself. Right. It's just the way it is. It's like, you know, if I happen to have a girlfriend, you know, I don't like sharing my bed or I don't like sharing <laughs> covers. So I have like eight comforters so I can give a yeah. girl like four of them and <laughs> then I can have my own. Like, it's just, that kind of thing just gets ingrained in you and maybe location change wouldn't necessarily help, but maybe it could. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I've definitely thought about it before, but then again, it's like, you know, I've got my studio and True. like it's in, it's like, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, things I would need to consider and, and, you know, I've built my life here. So right. it's like, there's, like I, I'm the opposite as you, where I stayed in the same place. True. I, I'd imagine you'd probably have moved a bunch being an oh, Air Force kid. Yeah, eight, yeah. ten different schools, and oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's yeah, I think our experiences there are almost completely different. Where it's like, I've lived in Columbus my whole life, and you know, I really enjoy the city and stuff oh, like that. Okay. But, but uh, you know, it's just, it's all, it's like weird. I think one of the biggest things is a lot of your friends start getting married and having kids and yeah. that's just what takes up their time, you know? Sure. And then you got to find other friends who are down to go to a bar on a Wednesday night. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, you need uh, like keep, different age groups of friends. Yeah. Or you just, you need to find, you know, friends who are like single, not married, who are uh, down, who like, true. you know, who are down to do the same things or in the similar life situation. So, you know, I've, I've like, built some pretty good friendships with dudes who own their own businesses and shit and like yeah so no that makes sense now i remember here's a personal story Mm -hmm. you know at one point i was i hadn't 
ever really thought that I would ever want to get married. And then there was one girl, you know, that kind of brought that idea into my head because she really wanted to. And we were talking about it. And one time we were having a fight where I'm a very, like I said, I can go off and do things by myself. I go to a lot of concerts. I got a lot of shit that I do. And she had said, hey, you know, when we get married, you're not going to be able to go out and do the things that you want. Like sometimes I'm going to want to stay home and read a book and you're going to have to do that with me. No, no. Ruined everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Yes. That's I'm glad you uh, (laughs) you dipped out from that. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I. I would think that if you want a healthy relationship, you got to be able to do things apart from the person or what my personality is, is I'm willing to invite that person to anything. I'm not even saying I want guys nights out. I'm saying, hey, come out and do things with me if you want, but it's also okay for you to stay home. Yeah. See, I do want guys nights out. Oh, you do? Okay. I need to go hog wild every once in a while, dude. (laughs) By every once in a while, I mean like two or three times a week. There you go. Yeah. I'm definitely someone who like, I need constant, like, like I I enjoy being alone and I do spend a lot of time, but at the same time I need to be crazy and go out and be an idiot. Sure. Sure. I guess I do that around women as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think like, yeah, that, that would, if I had that conversation, I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> it was pretty much like right around that time. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's not going to happen then. It's just not going to work. Like, yeah. It's not you. It's me. And, and it's kind of you. Yeah. And also <laughs> a good amount you. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, for me, like my not dream or anything, but when, and this takes up all my time. So I rarely get to meet women. But if I was to get a girlfriend that I was happy with, I would invite her on the shows. Like that would be to me, that would be good, like, you know, bonding time. Right. Not with like an interview like this. I wouldn't be like, hey, get in here and join in the conversation with Johnny. It'd be more. I care. <laughs> well, actually, maybe I'll do that next time. I'll yeah. just hire a stripper. We'll just do it that way. <laughs> See, that would make me feel weird. Really? I don't know. What? That sounds like a really good podcast idea. And now I'm copywriting that. <laughs> just have a stripper, like, but she's fully dressed just with her arms oh, yeah. crossed in the background. Yeah. And she's just talking to you, not knowing what the music is about. I think that'd be amazing. Dude, I always thought like an interesting podcast idea is just like you go somewhere. It's like somewhere that's not like super sketchy Mm -hmm. and you just get some random ass person that's there. And you're like, hey, you want to do a podcast? Like we want to do an interview. And then you just like, like (laughs) just it would be so interesting. I feel like at least for me, I want to like, I always feel like it's hard for me to get outside of my experience Uh, in life. Sure. Jump into someone's who's like completely different than you. Like some like girl who's like a lawyer or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is your life like? Right. You know? (laughs) Anyways, I'm sure there's a podcast out there like that. Unfortunately, I think there's a podcast for everything. Yeah. Fortunately (laughs) or unfortunately, whichever one you want. There are no more, there are no more original ideas. Dude, I don't know. I've got an idea for a spaghetti sauce review podcast. <laughs> I know that exists. Unless <laughs> no you're, way. Unless you're adding strippers to it. Then I'm, you no, I'm going to look it up. I'm looking it up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, what would a spaghetti podcast name be? Um. Oh, I almost had it. Podcastos. Lost, lost in the sauce, dude. 
Look at that. <laughs> look, look that name up right now. I guarantee you that's a podcast. Yeah, I, I bet it's got to be. <laughs> if not, Johnny copyrighted that, everyone, so don't take it. No, it's definitely a podcast. Uh, What's it about? Um, okay, they have one episode. Oh, it's a sports what podcast? That's bullshit, dude. We're good. All bro. right, do it. It's about it's about Kansas City. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're good, dude. All right, that is a show. That's happening yeah. now. That I'm happening. gonna do. I'm gonna do it on YouTube. We had mentioned this. The next time that Johnny is on Ian Hates Music, we're just going to do a video one. Dude, I'm so down. Yeah, that way everyone can see us in our hoodies and yeah. our hats. I'll say I'll say tons of outrageous shit to get clickbait. Fuck yeah. Titles. Oh, like let, let's <laughs> clickbait this right now. How about okay. this? So the final Warp Tour is coming up. How many people talk to you seriously about getting the Attack Attack reunion going? Like, what do you mean, serious? I mean, did I'm not saying Kevin, but did anyone actually from Warp Tour reach out to you or anyone in the band and ask about doing a reunion? No, really? No, not a single one. I'm pretty sure there's like a Facebook group or something that was trying to get that done. Really? Yeah, you guys were on the short list of people being happy for reunions. It was like My Chemical Romance, Attack, Attack from first to last, like all that kind of stuff. I've been thinking a lot about it, like how would it work and stuff like that. I don't know if it would work though. <laughs> It'd be like, tough, I would assume. I mean, would yeah. you do it without Austin? I, I don't even mind that. Like he could do, I, I mean, his, his, his health is real bad yeah. right now though. That's so. what I meant. Not bad blood or anything, but oh, more okay. about like, I'm not sure. I mean, I haven't heard from him in a while. I know he was going to be working on solo stuff, but it seemed like that wasn't even anything that he ended up doing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I think if we did it, we'd have Caleb be frontmanning it. Like, yeah. No, no doubt. Because um, he's so good at it, man. But yeah, I, I don't know. It just, like, I've been thinking about, you know, sending out that email, like, hey, you guys want to do that? Like, <laughs> But I, I don't want it to be like, Oh, so we can make a shit ton of money because I don't care. Like I just I would want it to be just for fun. Right. Um who the fuck knows? Think about what from first to last did. I mean, Sonny's back in the band. They put one track out and then they haven't really moved on from there yet. I mean, anything can happen. Right. Yeah. Like I think I'm trying to approach it the right way. It's like you only get one shot at doing any sort of like reunion thing. Right. <laughs> like right. so. I want to be smart about what I do, but I'm open to the idea. Right there. Um, I got the clickbait <laughs> headlines right there. Johnny Frank says, open to idea of attack, attack reunion. <laughs> there it is, dude. There's your exclusive. I was thinking like doing something for, because November 11th this year was when Someday came out. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think people would be very open to it. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially if it meant, like, obviously, I think people would love to see a tour for it. But if it meant new music, I think that's something people would love because everyone's sound has evolved since Attack Attack. I don't know if we'll ever do new music. No? It's more of a tour no. thing? But I, I, no, it wouldn't be a tour either. In my mind, the only feasible thing would be just, like, one show. Oh, okay. All right. Like, we play a show, 
and that's the end of it. I'll fly in for that one. <laughs> Where are we going? I I don't know, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's the hard part is like that would be all the details that we'd have to figure out and stuff and who's on board and who's not, you right. know. Right, right. We don't even all live in the same place, so No, very people true. Would have to fly in and everyone's yeah. got their own bands. Yeah, that it's yeah. tough. I mean, for sure it'd be tough, but no, I think people would be really interested in that. But once again, it would be fun too. I think it would be fun. To, I like really always really enjoyed playing those songs. So it'd be a good time. Yeah. What a <laughs> great seg into our 10 year retrospective of Someday <laughs> Came Suddenly. I almost have to sing it when I say it. But <laughs> I mean, obviously, an album that changed the genre. So tell me kind of what was the thought process of the band when you're going into that? Obviously, you had the EP before. You get signed to Rise. You put this out as your full length. And there weren't that many bands that were doing anything that similar at that time. I guess we, I think, in all, in all honesty, like, I think we just, we were a bunch of high school dudes who just wanted to have fun and make music that we liked. Right. And we all had different influences. There's no genius to it. We were just like, <laughs> oh, that's cool, dude. Like, yeah, like, we're just fucking around having a good time. And like, you know, a lot of the stuff that we listened to was like, we were into metalcore for a while and we were listening to like your As I Lay Dying's and your um, As Blood Runs Black and sure. all that shit. <laughs> and you you could sense it too with like some Under Oath stuff. There's a little bit of electronics in there. Some of the Devil Wears Prada stuff. There's a little bit of electronics in there. I think one of the biggest influences for us was um, Enter Shikari. Sure. Yeah. And um, they had a couple songs where they would go into a breakdown with synth in the background. And it was just like some next level shit. Um, so, like, I don't know. It was, we, we were just like anything that we liked usually had electronics. And the more electronics that were in it, we liked. But I, I, we did see like, there was a gap, you know, you had like your Breathe Carolinas who were just all electronic yeah. that everyone was obsessed with. But then you had like your suicide silences and it just, I was really Breathe Carolina pop, but I also liked the suicide silence stuff. And then our other guitarist was super suicide silence, like just as heavy as you can possibly get. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, right place, right time. Like, there's no genius behind it <laughs> other than just making shit we liked. Right. Well, the genius is something that we talked about, I think, the first time you were on the show because I had to mention it. Hot grills and high tops into Stick Stickly is still one of my favorite all-time intros <laughs> into an album. Can't Dude, get over yeah. that. Anytime I hear that. I almost wanted to talk to you a long, long time ago about that being the intro to Ian Hates Music because I loved it so much. Oh, dude, do it if you want it, man. <laughs> dude, that was that was so funny. All we said we were like, we wanted a we want a rap beat at yeah. the beginning of this. That's it. Like, oh sick. Like that'd be really cool to have a rap beat. And then we were telling Joey, like, we want to sound like Lil John, like, you know, which Crunk was really yeah. <laughs> Crunk was really big back then. So we were like, dude, let's do some crunk shit. And we were like, oh, well, we can make it in the same key and BPM is the stick stickly mm -hmm. and so joey was like dude we could have it go straight in and 
I remember we we made it and we did the ad libs and we were all cracking up like yeah <laughs> like Caleb did that. We were all like, dude, oh my god, <laughs> like so fucking funny, like it's so ridiculous, way over the top. Oh. And then and then like Joey like spliced it right into stick stick. And we were like all laughing and then we heard it go into it and we we're like, holy shit, that's really fucking cool. Yeah. Like, it was kind of like a little moment of silence. You're just like, whoa. At least in my heart, I was like, well, that's actually like what we thought it was a joke, but that actually sounds really cool. Right. Yeah, no, so, definitely one of my favorites. That's for sure. Now, whose idea was Stick Stickly as the name of that track? Because that's what I mean. I grew up with Stick Stickly. Uh, one of our buddies was uh, he was like all of our band names or all of our song names, like inside jokes. Right. So we were like just kind of. Well, apparently there's like a Nickelodeon character. Yeah, that's what like, I that's what I grew up on was him. Yeah, so <laughs> one of our friends is like, dude, you know there's a Nickelodeon character named Stick Stickly, and I just thought it was the funniest thing because he was a stick. Yeah. I was like, it's hilarious. It's a talking popsicle stick. Yeah, and I was just like, that's so fucking funny. I was like, we should just name a song that, and that's how it happened. Like I just anything we thought was funny was just like immediately like that's that's it. And I think one of the most interesting things about our band was that most of the people that were in the band and most of the people that we hung out with mm-hmm. had like a really, really good sense of humor. Sure. So it was just like the level of comedy that was happening, you know, within our friend group was just so crazy and so good <laughs> that we, I don't know. It's just like that kind of bled over into what we did. Did that kind of comedy angle, did that, or was that one of the reasons for the whole you know, bending over so much and playing guitar? I don't know. I, I think the way that happened, like the synchronization also kind of happened naturally. Okay. Because that was like my first band. Andrew had been playing music for a long time, whiting yeah, the yeah. guitars. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I have no fucking idea what to do on stage. And he was like, <laughs> dude, just do what I do. And then we got John in the band. John was like, I have no fucking idea what to do on stage. And I was like, dude, just do what Andrew does. <laughs> so we just all started like... And then, like, you know, Austin probably saw that we were all doing it and then joined in. So it just, it didn't, no one was ever like, oh, we need to do the same thing. Okay. Just kind of like, it just happened. It just happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, everyone knows that's where Crabcore was born. I guess, yeah. Also, not something that we <laughs> planned like, <decided>. on. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> if you had, that would have been absolutely amazing. Yeah, we'd be like fucking geniuses, dude. Now, for being so young when you made that album, you know, you can look up all the videos, you can see live videos from when you were touring around. Does it feel weird right now at your age to be like, now that you were like a reality star, but some of your <laughs> really like formidable years are just there for everyone to look up? I think it's great, man. I'm really glad that like, I don't know, like any, a lot of bands before that don't have their like kind of lives on the internet. And so it's like people can go back and like learn a lot about me just through, you know, the good and the bad, but um, (laughs) through like through it. And I think it's, it's cool. I don't know. And it's like every, I'd say like once every like five or six years, I look back on those videos and crack up. (laughs) Now, do you miss the, long hair and the deep v's uh i'd say i missed 50 percent of that okay uh, I, I missed the long hair for sure 
It's like whenever I play Bill Murray show, like I like I move my head and nothing happens. And I'm like, God, I feel like such an idiot. <laughs> so I've been growing out my mullet like pretty long. Nice. Like it moves now when I shake my head. Oh, okay. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's like the main goal. Yeah, I miss the long hair. Yeah. For sure. Okay. All right. What about the dreads though? Dude, I'm really I'm really like bummed. Like I cut the dreads off like right before they looked cool. Ah, so okay. They're in that like awkward uh stage where it was just like yeah, they're in that awkward stage where they just weren't long enough. They were like very uh, my head looked like Darth Vader. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like a very triangular. Yeah, it was a little newer. You were <laughs> yeah. you were before the trend. Maybe a trend Exactly. Setter. Yeah, maybe a trend. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. Well, what else when you look back on that album because that either, you know, changed people's music taste for the better or worse. People had a very defining opinion on that album and the band. So when you look back on it, what did it mean to you? I feel lucky to have that uh that experience. It's very like unique not very many people get to do that so i'm grateful that i got to do that and that like now i have a career making music and i know like a lot of my early career was bolstered by attack attack and allowed me to like get get master the craft and get good at what i do so i think that that's like the biggest thing and i learned a lot too like about what what is good about music and what's bad about music and i think like at the worst parts about music are fighting over money and power. And the uh, best parts about music are making awesome shit that you think is dope right. and uh, hanging out with your best friends and uh, like meeting people and like having community. Those, those are, so I was able like to kind of get all those other things out of the way with the right. tack tack and, and kind of refine what I think a band should be for the new, yeah. the new stuff. So. During that time when you were touring with this album, do you have a favorite memory for that? Do you have a favorite band that you went out on tour with? I always liked uh, going on tour with this band, Barry Tomorrow. They're like a British metalcore band. Sure. And everyone in the band is like fucking hilarious. But as far as like uh, favorite memory, I think like just being in a van with a group of my best friends doing what we love to do. Right. And that was like, it's just, that was it, you know, and having a blast, especially like I'd say the first like six months, you know, was mm-hmm. like, was really, that was when it was like the most pure and we were just like friends playing music together. Right. So that sounds awesome, man. I'm trying, I'm hoping that I'm not letting people down by not asking certain questions or missing you know, asking certain questions. Is there anything you think, like, is there a question that you consistently get for the album? Like, does anyone ask you specific things about Attack Attack? Uh, if we're going to do a reunion. That is the one. Oh, <laughs> then that's the thing that I just asked pretty much before. So, yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's funny. Like, a lot of AA fans are split, like, a lot like Someday, but a lot like the self titled. And sure. I think each person has their, like, Thing that they're attached to and all that right no very true and i guess we'll just say in two years we'll do a 10-year retrospective for the self-titled absolutely there you go that works <laughs> <laughs> well let me let me ask you just in general what's life like for you right now because we normally do a little catch-up at the end 
when we've uh, when mm-hmm. we've talked before. Anything else going on with your life that you're you know happy about that you're looking forward to? I know you're still making music. You've actually you finished a couple of tracks, right, for the next album? Yeah, yeah. So I I'm really I don't know, like uh, just constantly writing music and stuff is is what brings me the most joy. And um, I've got I've got another band called Chair. It's spelled C H A Y R. We're doing we just did a an album full of originals and they sound they sound really fucking dope man like awesome. they're really cool so we're getting the album artwork painted by anna grace and uh yeah doing that and just i don't know like uh figuring out how to be an adult <laughs> but i mean like honestly i'm i think one of the most the things that i'm grateful for is like for as much as i don't have like uh, a lot of things in my social life figured out. I do have like a great career that I'm, I wake up every day, like legit every day. And I'm like, fucking a, I can't believe I get to do this today. Like <laughs> as a career and I don't take it for granted. So anyone like who listens to my shit or cares, like it means a lot. And I definitely am like very grateful for it. So let's wrap things up because I think that was awesome. And obviously people can tell I'm dying. So I probably <laughs> need to stop talking at some point. So I will have links in the description of the episode so everyone can get everything. Bill Murray, The March Ahead, Chair, Johnny Frank Productions, everything that you're up to. Solid Chubb is awesome, and I'm really (laughs) looking forward to seeing what... And it sounds weird saying that, but it's true. (laughs) I'm looking forward to hearing what other people think of it as well, and that just keeps on like skyrocketing you for sure. But for right now... Oh, yeah. For right now... How else or how is the best way for people to support you? Uh, Bill Murray, man. Just listen to this shit if you like it. I don't know. Uh, That's the main thing. All right. That works. Well, I'm going to apologize for everyone for me being sick once again and doing this, but I wasn't going to pass up an opportunity to talk to Johnny. Johnny, thank you so much for going through all that. That was awesome. I have tons of clickbait titles that I can use. It's going to be amazing. It's going to get us both (laughs) on the map. Attack Attack Reunion, sponsored by Ian Hates Music. I can see it now. Dude, man. Really great. And if we ever play in Boston, I'll do I'll do a, a show with you in the flesh, dude. Oh, yeah. No, I will definitely be at that for sure. And I'll fly out for that Attack Attack Reunion, wherever you guys are going to be. We'll make it happen, we'll dude. Fly. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Well, Johnny, thank you so much. We're going to do this again soon. Oh, yeah.
everybody i am back and the last track you heard was another one off solid chub that was island (laughs) that was once again a really fun conversation he's one of my favorite people to come on ian hates conversations i don't know anyone who works as hard as johnny does right now besides having a production company johnny frank productions as we spoke about He also has three bands, Bill Murray, The March Ahead, and Chair. And I know we already went over this, but I think it needs to be stated and restated and restated. You need to go listen to all those bands and support Johnny in all he does. So make sure you follow all the links, and there are a lot of them, all the links in the description of the episode. Pick up Solid Chubb, go see Johnny whenever he does any live show in Ohio, Ohio. I I said that kind of weird. I said that kind of weird, but I'm completely serious. Also, wasn't hearing about Attack Attack really cool. And what if they did get back together? I would definitely get on a plane. If they're doing it, maybe it's Ohio, maybe it's somewhere else. I'm getting on a plane for that reunion show. All right. I have obviously talked too much. I want to thank Johnny once again for coming back on Ian Hates Conversations one of my favorite people to talk to, and you know that's not the last time. If we had the time, we'd probably be making a podcast together. Anyway, talking once again, way too much, just still excited. So if you enjoyed that, once again, besides me being sick, you can always go back to the other two episodes that Johnny was on and really enjoy yourself with those as well. But if you like those and you like this, you can support Ian Hates by going to the other links in the description of the episode. Thank you so much for sticking with me, even through all this sickness. 
I really hope you've enjoyed the conversations. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the continued support. Let's end tonight with another track from Solid Chubb. Here's Reflect. And I will leave you, the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. I see the dust on my window pane. I'm on fire, but that's okay. I took my head to a house of pain. And I break away. Cause I need you injecting to my veins. And I need you to feel like myself again. Again. From the window pane, I wonder if it's real again. I watch the world go down in flames, and it feels so cool. Let's take away the question